is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, October 6th, 2020, season 16, episode number 38. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got 45 minutes, and we're going to make the most of it today. We've got a lot to talk about. There was uh, a lot of talk that we heard yesterday from the head coach and the coordinators that we're going to get into. There were some interesting things that they said. Um, and then, as promised by Amber yesterday, we're going to fix this thing. We've got some, uh, i got some questions for these guys on how the Cowboys fix uh, what's happening right now with their team sitting at one and three. Um, and then we'll finish off the show. Maybe if we have enough time, we'll get into a little NFC East talk. Not a lot going on there, but we'll talk about it a little bit. Everyone well, sucks right now. I mean, like, that's easy to... Segment done. So yeah, we don't I have mean, to worry like, about that one. No one no one looks really good, <laughs> but somebody has to win it. Well, awesome. So by the end of the show, I'm going to ask you guys who's the best one in this NFC East, which is probably a hard, hard question to answer right now. But we'll do that toward the end of the show. All right, so let's first jump in. Mike McCarthy yesterday, uh, he has his press conference with the, the media. And the first thing that he said that, that stuck out to me was regarding, it was a question about the problems that they're experiencing right now. And his quote was, if I was going to rank them A, number one, our turnover ratio is our biggest negative after four games. Currently, they're sitting at negative seven turnover ratio. Is that their biggest problem? Nick, let's start with you. I think it is. Uh, I do. I mean, because that's what leads to more possessions. That's what takes the offense off the field. And, you know, I mean, think about when you when you turn the ball over and the other team scores when you could have scored, that's a seven, that's a 10 to 14 point turnaround uh, in every game that they played. Just one turnover, a turnaround like that could, could have affect the game. So, yeah, without a doubt, I think, I think it is the biggest problem that they have. Amber. Um, I get Nick's point in logic, and it, it makes perfect sense, but I would say that's not their biggest problem. I think that uh, looking at the team overall, I would just lean towards the issues that the defense is struggling with currently because turnovers, to me, even though they keep struggling with it week after week, I feel like that's something that has a an easier or faster solution. That's something that you can fix faster in my opinion, versus what's happening on the defense that I just I, I just see that such at a such a bigger scale and it, it, it's depending on who they're gonna be facing later on through the year, I think that's gonna come down to what your defense it's unable to do. Dave. It's kinda like card problems, right? Like your car's not running the way you want it to I mean, and like it would be great if you could take the engine out and just do the whole thing over again, go in there and really revamp it, or you can just like turn off the parking brake, and that's not gonna you know it's not gonna fix everything, but you'd probably be a lot better off. My point is to say the defense is just there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done there. Uh, it is the team's biggest problem, 
but you can help a lot by just holding on to the ball. Like it is, it is the problem that can be fixed the easiest and would go a long way toward making the defense or at least helping the defense. So I, I agree with Nick because I think fixing the turnover problem is something you can actually do. I just don't trust that there's a lot you can do to make this defense significantly better right now. So I'm going to challenge you guys. How do you do it? Like that's the hard part. Yeah, we all know it's a big problem. We all know it needs to be fixed. What do you think is their best route to to try to fix it? To get more turnovers or, or get more, or I mean, that could be a part of the solution. Hey, if you get more turnovers, then giving more turnovers maybe well, isn't as big of a problem, right? I mean, the offense doesn't need to score. I mean. They're scoring enough points. I mean, generally. Yes. Now right. you know they're they're not to be one and three. You need more points, but I mean, you know, we see we enough football games to know you average thirty one and a half points a game. You, you should be winning. You should be winning big. <laughs> yes. Um, so do they need to be as wide open? Do they, do they need to help more with the offensive line? Do they need a little bit more max protect because they've got two or three receivers, three receivers that can get open. Maybe they need more of that. Maybe you need your, your running backs to stay home. Maybe your tight ends need to stay home a little bit more and, and you know protect the quarterback more because that's typically where the turnovers are, are coming from is the, is the pressure. And then on the flip side, maybe they need to add more pressure. You know, They don't really blitz a lot. Maybe they, they should start doing that a little bit more. I don't know. What do you think, Amber? How do they fix this? The, um, the, just the problems with the turnovers. With the turnovers, uh, establish the run when when you first of all figure out who your offensive linemen are gonna be and make that be it for the rest of the of the year. Unless there is another injury, of course, then you have to readjust. But uh-huh. going knowing, okay, these are my starting five, and this is what it is. Don't don't do the whole steal thing again. Okay, once that's settled. Hopefully, you're able to establish the run. I think that the Cowboys, yes, they, they, Dak is throwing the ball really good. The receivers are doing a good job once they're able to get the ball going and connecting and all that. But I think you need to establish the run first because that's going to just help your defense. Just kill t- allow the defense to be less on the field as much as you can. So just... Try to score points, but using and utilize utilizing your running back Zeke. That I know he's he's has his own struggles, but we've seen him do it. So I do have uh, confidence in, in in what he can do in the running game. Still, Dave, how do you solve the turnover problem? Isn't the running game the primary culprit in the turnover problem right now? Big part. I mean Zeke Zeke has fumbled three times this season and he's lost two of them. Um, I mean. Overall, I, I don't disagree with the point. Amber took the words right out of my mouth, honestly, is my primary hope for fixing the turnover issue is continuity on the offensive line. Tyron is back in the lineup. Hopefully he stays there. Uh, Tyler Biotish has played 130 snaps through these last two games, and he's played well, so hopefully that can help the interior. And hopefully the coaches um, are, what's the word I'm looking for, humble enough to Better. admit that, that they were wrong about this right tackle thing. Hopefully... Uh, the way Brandon Knight has played when he's gotten in there has proven to them that he should be the guy, in my opinion. And hopefully they can go forward with these five and and have that clean things up a little bit. I, to be clear, when I said fix the turnover issue, I simply meant on offense. Like, defense, prove it to me that you can get takeaways. I don't know how you fix that without getting better players, honestly, because this is a four-year stretch where that's just been the case. 
Um, so I can't bank on the defense getting me turnovers. I just have to – I need the offense to clean it up. I think continuity on the offensive line would, would go a long way toward helping with what, that. What do we think the offensive line looks like? I mean, Looney's out for two to four weeks, but I'm not sure Biotis wouldn't be the starter anyways, but they don't have to make that call right now. Uh, what are we thinking? Tyron, Connor, Biotis, Zach, Knight? I think that's what they're going to go that's with. That's what I would do. I think that's definitely what they're going to go with. Yeah. I mean, that, unless – Unless they want to, unless they feel like Connor McGovern or somebody could play guard better yeah. than than uh, Connor Williams, then no. Oh. He, well, that's true too. Yeah, better than Connor Williams. But I'm saying maybe you know they wanted Brandon Knight, I think, to be a guard anyways. Maybe he's a better guard, and Zach Martin's a better right tackle. Yeah, I think that's worth considering. All right, let's move on to uh, one other thing. Possibly. I did want to go ahead, go ahead, Dave. No, I just it's it's possible. I think I continue to think that they're going to do the thing that requires the least amount of movement. Like I think they want as much continuity as possible, and just plugging Knight in at right tackle allows everybody else to stay where they are. Yeah. But sure, I mean it's possible. To Nick's point about the, well, one uh, thing. Go ahead, Amber. I was going to say one thing that that at least they've proven is that they're not afraid to just shuffle people around. So. You can look that as a positive as to, okay, maybe they will be willing to just kind of shuffle people around and make some changes. Now, hopefully that's not something that just happens during the middle of the game, but rather something that you, you plan throughout the week and kind of go that route and stick to it. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point, Amber, because I don't think that's something we've been used to seeing around here is in the middle of games, them making a decision. Yeah. And by the way, just as I'm giving them credit for that, I'm also going to say they probably should have made that that distinction before the game. I think Dave made the point yesterday. If they were so willing to, as soon as they made a mistake, rip them out and put the other guy in, then they probably knew that was a problem going into the game. They probably should have gone in that way, yeah. is the way I look at it. Right, but you know, one of the, the complaints people always say, it's, it's like, you know, the coach needs to hold them accountable. They need to hold these guys accountable. Well, do what? I mean... Bench him, yeah, because that's what they do. I mean, there's no detention in, in the NFL. I mean, what, what do you what do you do to these guys? I mean, they're not running laps. Maybe they do, but I'm just saying. Maybe they should. Maybe maybe they should. I'm just saying. How do you hold a guy accountable? Well, yeah. you 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 bench him in front of everybody, and that's that's kind of what they've done. They're not afraid to do that. Yeah, I will make this point real quick before we move on to the next topic, Nick. You mentioned the number of points that they're scoring should have them in the winners column a lot more than they are. Think about this. I'm going to read for you the teams that are in the top 10 right now in scoring in the NFL and see if you see a pattern here. The Green Bay Packers number one, Seattle Seahawks number two, Dallas is number three, Cleveland Browns number four, Buffalo Bills number five, New Orleans Saints number six, Baltimore Ravens number seven, number eight is Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number nine, Kansas City Chiefs, and number 10, Las Vegas Raiders. The interesting part about that in the top 10, I think that's probably most of the best teams in the league. Those are the teams I would guess right now the Super Bowl winner is going to come out of that group. It's amazing that the Cowboys, are, I guess the point is, it is amazing that the Cowboys are scoring with those teams, yet their results are so much different. That tells you just how bad they're struggling on the defensive side of the ball right now, I think. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Um, he was asked about Mike Nolan, and speaking of that defense, and his quote was, and we're talking about Mike McCarthy, his quote yesterday was, very, he's uh, very high confidence in Mike Nolan. We're going to stay the course. My question for you guys is, do you agree 
that you need to stay the course here? Or should they be looking at other options? Are there other options that they could consider at this point? Let's start first with you, Dave. Uh, and I mean, you know, fans are going to say stuff like that after a game like that. I it no, I don't I don't feel like they need to make a move like that right now. The season hasn't gotten away from them. And again, this is a new coaching staff, a brand new slate coming in. You know, the Texans fired Bill O'Brien yesterday. That's first of all, they're winless. I know one and three and oh and four is not a huge difference, but also Bill O'Brien has a laundry list of things <laughs> that he's done wrong that led to that decision over seven uh, years. Whereas, what? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this is this is a clean slate. Now, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility uh, if things really go south and it looks like this team really won't be able to contend for a playoff spot. I think I don't remember who made the point, but George Edwards, a former longtime defensive coordinator, is already on this staff. So I don't want to say that it's impossible, especially if if it really, like I said, if it really gets out of hand, but. The division sucks. You're still in the mix, and this is a brand new staff. Like I never really thought that was a realistic thing to do after four games. Amber, by saying to stay the course, that's strictly talking about coaching specifically. Yeah, he was saying it in or regards. To, does he, that inc- he said it in regards to the question about Mike Nolan. So my assumption is he's talking about we're going to stay the course with Mike Nolan. Right. Specifically, okay, yeah, I, I didn't know if that was if that meant like we're just gonna stay with what we kind of have right now, including players. But okay, when you talk about coaching specifically, I think yes, it, it it's a little unfair to kind of rush that quickly after four game when it's a new coaching staff and and, and you got guys just kind of trying to connect everything together and build off something new basically but at the same time there has to be some kind of shaking up some I, I don't know what that would mean behind doors I don't know what you tell or how they they communicate certain things but I would be saying some unexplicit words in those meetings and being <laughs> like okay you 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 need to kind of step it up because even though we're new at this here in Dallas we're not going to wait until the end of the season. Like there, I think that there is a certain point where, I don't know. Honestly, here's what I'm struggling with. I'm just tired of waiting year after year after year. So my patience right now is very low. So I just, I'm at a point where, yes, I have to consider his new here in Dallas. But at the same time, just in Dallas overall period, I'm just tired of excuses and waiting so, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she just summed it up yeah, for so many fans yeah, out fair. there listening but, right now. Nick, what, so, what do you no, think? That's, I just, I mean, I, I just, it's frustrating because I'm sitting over here with with you and like this is our 22nd year of doing yeah. this. And I think, I don't know, Amber, five or six maybe? Six years? <laughs> yeah, she's and, tired. And she's, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like... We should be out. Should be <laughs> I don't know how you guys have handled right. this for so long, honestly. 2001. Oh, yeah. 2002. It can get worse, guys, by just, the way. Just it can get three worse. Three straight years of Trust five me, and it 11. can get worse. But, anyways, um, I, I think she's right on that. You better do something. I mean, stay the course might have been the answer to the personnel move. And, and I, I, I agree with that because, you know, it's, this has been a different year, I think. I think. Um, for everybody, they should have a little bit more patience with all coaches, all sports, 
all jobs, really. I mean, this is just different. You don't judge what you just see right here. Now, you got to get this thing fixed quickly. So um, they talked about multiple schemes they could play. That's what we love about this thing. We can do different things. Well, maybe you shouldn't. Right? <laughs> maybe you should you stick to one or two things that you really do well. Yeah. Uh, this whole you know, wide open stuff, nobody's you know, figuring it out. It's not so working. Yeah. Maybe they're not a three-fourths team you know, at all. Maybe they're a 4-3. Maybe whatever, do, whatever they need to do, just you know, hone in on a couple of things that they do well. And if that means simplifying it, oh, oh well, because it's, it's pretty, you know, they're, what are they averaging of points against them? 38? 40? Yeah. I, I don't even know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, there's this word that kept coming up yesterday that I want to talk about, and this word is effort. And I want to see what you guys think about this word effort and how it relates to this team. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. To the break. Tour AT&T Stadium, the home of the Dallas Cowboys, run on the field. Hmm. Uh, see the locker rooms and so much more at AT&T Stadium Tours, presented by SeatGeek. They're available daily. Visit attstadium.com for details. Well, you can tell you can tell what happens on Sunday by the way our show goes on Tuesday. The Browns had a tour. They ran all over the, all the place. Jeez. It just said run on the field. The implier, like well, Go I was going to call Nick the implier, but then he just came out and gave the joke away. Right, so he was not fine. implying there. It was very, it was very <laughs> I gotta, I gotta work into the point. I got to work with Bucky more. You know what I mean? Like, like he, <laughs> I try to joke with Bucky, and it just doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't get it all the time. I, I want to tell him. Per, he doesn't know your personality. When he comes like on, there. I want to tell him. I'm like Bucky. Can we get a bigger microphone for you? Have you seen that microphone? Yeah, he's it's, got a big microphone. Yeah, yeah I was like, but whatever. Yeah. 
Well, here's what we're doing. We're, we're going through some of the comments that the coaches made yesterday. They had their, their time with media. And uh, there was a, a comment. And actually, I'm going to get into two different things. There was first a comment from Coach McCarthy that I want to talk about now. And then we'll get into a, a comment that Coach Nolan made uh, after that. But the, basically, when he was talking, he was asked about the effort of the team, uh, Coach McCarthy was. And he said that he doesn't really see effort as a problem. Uh, and he would caution others uh, to be careful when questioning the effort of professional athletes from the outside. So my question for you guys is, and I assume most of you, you know, obviously we all watched the game live. I assume most of us have gone back and rewatched it. What is your thought with regards to the effort, particularly of the defense, in that game? Do you think it's an issue of effort or do you think it's an issue of skill? Let's start first with you, Amber. Um. Certain positions, yeah, with certain players, there there is a lack of, of skill and just being at that level that you would want them to be and, and, and lack, a lack of experience as well. But when you talk about the word effort, which has been going around all over the place on social media and many media outlets out there, I, I always tend to be really careful as well because you don't know, you never know exactly what a person is physically dealing with to where maybe that is their maximum effort and it's just not being to the level that you personally want them to be at. But when you look at the defense overall and just watch the game, there's just there's just fire missing just overall. It's just unusual. Even when they, they miss a tackle, when they get up, it's like... <sighs> The whole like shoulders going like this, like oh, I miss that. There's not like I, I'm I'm lacking that that passion, that anger, that like man, I'm pissed off right now. I'm gonna get back up. I'm gonna go back and do this better. It's just so I guess you could call that a, a tie it in with effort, but rather than effort, I would use a, a, a lack of a fire, a lack of of just that that competitiveness that you usually see within football players. All right, Dave. I'll very candidly, yeah, I've I've learned that lesson the hard way doing this job is it's easy to forget that the worst player in the NFL works really, really hard 12 months out of the year to be able to do this job. And on top of that, they're all playing with some sort of pain bothering them. And they all are playing with the knowledge that the next rep could end their career and significantly change their life. So I always try to be very careful not to say that that somebody's not trying. Um, and for the most part, I think that's fair. Looking back at that tape, what what it brings me back around to is Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones have both said in the last 24 hours that players have to trust the scheme and not revert back to the old way of doing things when things go wrong. And the reason I bring that up is. In the sense that, like, there were 11 guys on the field running hard for most of that game, sure. But it was completely uncoordinated and not working together the way that a successful defense does. So it's cool that you sprinted, but if you're not hitting your assignment and doing what you're supposed to do, it looks terrible. Uh, so individual effort is great, but it's gotta, there's got to be more of a concerted effort to work together or we're going to see more of that as the season goes along, if I had to guess. Nick? Yeah, and I think you know where I'm going with this. We talk about this a lot. You know, uh, I've made this point. I mean, effort is 
you you can go to any YMCA at ten o'clock in the morning and, and watch a pickup game of old basket old men playing basketball and see that they get into it. They care. They they want to. You know, you, you there's pride on the line there. So effort is always there on the field. I, I think I I really believe effort is is there ninety nine percent of the time. But is effort there? On Wednesday night, when you're going home and you have your iPad, and you could watch the Browns, a couple more plays of them, you could figure things out. You could see the the tackle that you're facing and the tendencies and all that kind of stuff. You know, like I think Sean Lee does that. I think he's probably the best that's ever done it. Is the effort there to prepare, like Dave's talking about? The, is is that is that effort there? Because yeah, Jalen Smith is going to be running all the way down the field to try to tackle Odell Beckham. He can't get him, but he's going to try his best. He's going to—they're all going to do the effort. But are they really putting in the effort to prepare like you're supposed to, especially in this weird year of pandemic where you didn't have the same installation issues or, or installation time and OTAs and all that? You got to be extra prepared. That's effort, and I don't know if it, I don't know if te- a lot of players in the league, not just the Cowboys. I'm just saying. That's where I, I think teams can lose sometimes. When they say we give up, they quit. They didn't quit when it comes to playing, when the lights came on. They quit when the preparation time was. Yeah, you know, I, I'll actually throw out a different word that I think applies here, and I think it's unsure. I think what, what you, you've seen people like Troy Aikman and our own Bucky Brooks, uh, Emmanuel Acho, they all have put out different statements saying, hey, effort is a problem with this team. These guys are not going all in. What I think I'm seeing is not necessarily them not going all in. I think what I'm seeing is that they're unsure. I don't think, and it goes back to scheme, it goes back to everybody understanding their role, everybody understanding their job, and everybody being willing to do their job. I think that's probably more what you're seeing, because I agree with you, Nick. I don't think professional athletes loaf. Hmm. That's a way to get hurt in the NFL. Um, but, But I do think... That when you're unsure, you're probably a little more pensive. You're probably a little more like, I don't, I don't know if I should go here. Let me, let me. Oh, am I? Oh, maybe I should do something a little different. And that puts you a step behind, and that makes you slow to react, and it makes you slow to get well, to the point. And so it looks like you're kind of just playing slow, but you're not playing slow because of lack of effort. You're playing slow because you're unsure, in my opinion. And I think that's what's happening a lot with this defense. Yeah, right Parcells now. Uh, had a sign in the locker room that said exactly what you just said: knowledge is confidence, and confidence lets you play fast. And that's probably what you're saying. They don't have that knowledge. Right. It's not giving them confidence, and therefore they're unsure in what they're doing. Yep. And, I, again, I think that's probably a bigger issue for this defense right now than than just saying they don't have the effort that they need. But let's go on with that same topic. Mike Nolan, he was so, asked – go ahead, Amber. I, w- I was just going to ask, okay, so let, let's say we we assume that's the case then. Do you put that more on the players themselves, just not taking the extra time, going home and studying and doing what they need to do? Or is that, does that fall more onto, again, the coaching staff and then maybe not necessarily teaching the things that they need to be teaching them? I think if I had to guess, I would say it's probably a little bit of both. Um, I think in one instance, as Nick said earlier, you got a very, very unique set of circumstances this year. I think it's probably unrealistic for a coaching staff to come in and say, hey, guys, we're about to do all this new exotic stuff, but we're not going to have as much practice time. Like, I, I think that maybe they need to step back a little bit. And by the way, we always talk about it like football is rocket science. It's really not. Like, it's not really rocket science. But if you've got, let's say, for example, in, in one instance, you've got one read and you react to that one read and do something as opposed to another situation where maybe you've got three different things you need to key on 
and that's when you you can make your move. It's going to take you longer to process, and it's going to take you time of doing that repeatedly to get the muscle memory to know, bam, 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 these three things happen, so I'm doing this, right? And so I think that when you're when you're talking about them adjusting to this new scheme and the complexity of it, I don't know, again, what all those keys are that they're giving these guys. It does appear to me that they have a lot more to think about because I do think they're playing slow. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's partially on the coaches. They may need to simplify this thing a little bit. And I do think it's partially on the players. They're going to have to pick it up a little faster. This is These are unique times. So it requires them to be better than they would have been otherwise. So they got to step up. they got to be even more intent on studying even harder and, and really being able to focus in because the muscle memory just isn't there yet. They have not had enough reps for the muscle memory to be there yet. What do you guys think? I guess you all agree. <laughs> I, 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 it just it just left me wondering it just I was thinking of what other teams around the NFL are going through a similar situation well specifically talking about the defense do they have a defensive court a new defensive coordinator and how are their defenses performing given the circumstances that we've all had to live this year with no preseason games uh, you know a shorter offseason practices and things like that so I, I don't I mean you guys would know a lot better than me as far as to opposing teams and and if they're facing similar struggles as the Cowboys are right now I saw someone tweet the other I day about I understand all of that. Oh. No, no, go ahead, Dave. No, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just, I, you know, to, I'm going to steal Amber's line. Like, I'm tired of hearing about how they didn't have a preseason or any of that stuff because nobody else did either. Uh, I think the Patriots had half of their defense opt out, and this isn't happening to them. So I get it. It's tough, and it's adverse circumstances. I, I do agree I I just the reason I sort of blanked back there is because it, it's such a chicken or the egg. I mean, it's it's hard to know that. But again, if members of the front office are saying they need the players to trust the scheme, then I assume that means the players aren't buying into what the coaches are selling. So the players either need to pick that up or if this keeps up, the coaches need to be willing to say, all right, we're going to pare this down because what we want y'all to do just isn't working and we need to adapt on the fly. Right. It's got to be one of those two, like a better buy-in by the players or the coaches being willing to say, let's put this on the shelf until we can actually have an offseason and a training camp. Yep. Yep, and I, I agree with you, Dave. I don't I don't think and all that I said was not for the purposes of giving excuses as much as it was to say sometimes the coaches have to know my players are trying as hard as they can, and for whatever reason, it's not working. So maybe I need to change my strategy, right. which means I may need to scale things back in order to give them the best opportunity to succeed. Right? All right, let's go on to the next topic. Mike Nolan. Actually, let's take our final break. When we come back, I do want to talk about Mike Nolan. He has some interesting things to say about Jalen Smith. And uh, we talked about him yesterday on the show. I want to hear what, what Coach Nolan had to say, and then we're going to talk a little bit about that. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. 
Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about a lot of things that the coaches had to say yesterday. We've been talking about this word effort, and Coach Nolan uh, was speaking about Jalen Smith yesterday, and his quote was, I think he's doing all the things we're asking of him, or at least trying to do them, uh, and said that, and went on to say that he doesn't understand all of the criticism that Jalen seems to get. My personal opinion is part of this because a lot of that criticism, criticism comes from the contract as well. There are heightened expectations with that amount of money. But that all being said, he also went on to talk about how um, they grade uh, defenders particularly in, in three categories. It's either a winning effort, a losing effort, or you just did your job. And he said that uh, he doesn't think Jalen has had a losing effort in either of the four games. He's th- he said he's, he's did his job or a little bit better every week. So understanding, and I understand that coaches will always or most often will defend their players publicly, but do you think that the quote that he said, he's doing all the things we're asking him to do, and here's the important part, or at least trying to do them, signals that he's happy with his effort and not necessarily the results. Nick, let's start with you. Uh, man, there's a lot to digest there. I mean, I still keep going back to the, I don't like the grading system. That's just it? Just three grades? <laughs> I mean, it, this, is, this isn't, it's not, it, football is a little bit more complex than that, I think. The, like, you did your job or... What what is it? You, winning you, effort, winning effort, losing effort, or did your job? So basically, the way I look at that is, if you want to make it simple, it is you were really good, you just passed, or you were bad. Like those are the three options. And basically, he just passed, or maybe a little bit better. Yeah, every I, week is the way I take I, that. Um, I'm not with you guys as much on the Jalen Smith, like just saying. He's awful. He's terrible. Like I, I don't. I mean, I'm not saying you guys are saying that. You can say it if you want to, but I just I, I'm not as as on on that train as much as everyone else. Mainly because I look behind him and I'm like, I don't see anybody better than that. But 
I, I don't think anybody on the defense has played well, and it starts in the middle. That's usually where it you you know this whole thing starts. And he hasn't played great, and he hasn't been that dynamic player that we wanted him to be. We thought he was going to be a couple years ago, and so and he makes a lot of money, and so therefore he's going to get the target, just like the other guy that makes a lot of money that hasn't done anything. Amber. Uh, I get why uh, Magnolian has to speak that way. I get it. But at the same time, I just, it makes me wonder like, do they give these grades based on like comparison to everyone else on defense or strictly and specifically to the player without trying to evaluate everyone else on defense? Because to me, yes, Jalen might be doing the better job as opposed to everyone else on defense but the the bar is just set so low right now like he's not to me he has had better seasons better years where he's played better and maybe because i've seen certain games the level that he can play at when i compare that to where he's at right now it's just very different so i i just see it as like <laughs> I don't like the grading system. I just think the the expectation, the evaluation right now is just very low because of the way that the defense it's performing overall. Dave, I gained a lot of respect for Mike Nolan yesterday. If you want me to be honest with you, uh, because I thought he he showed that he's willing to jump on a grenade. Is basically what he did. I, in my opinion, um, because I. I can't I can't bring myself to believe that he actually means most of that. Um and and it's it's not to dog on Jalen unnecessarily, but he's he's getting it from every angle. He like the media is on him, the fans are on him so bad. Like don't search Jalen's name on Twitter. It's bad. Um and and so like the coach the coach can't do that like you you know he's he's a talented player if the defense is going to be better he's going to need to be part of it so if Mike Nolan comes out and and jumps on top of him too you run the risk of of him checking out or him getting pissed off so i admire that Mike Nolan was willing to do it but some of the stuff that he said at face value again i get why he said it but i mean c- come on i mean 12 million dollars a year we give him a did his job or slightly better grade all four weeks and that's good enough? It's not. There's no way. And and salary is a big part of it. Nobody's mad at Joe Thomas because Joe Thomas signed a one-year, $1 million deal to come in and be the fourth guy. He is playing up to the standard that you expected of him. Jalen Smith is on a $68 million extension and is not playing like it. If you are making that much money you should be able to lift the lesser components of this defense, or at least in theory. So to say that did your job is good enough, or, well, he's not making the plays, but he's trying on all of them, also not good enough. It's just not. And, like, again, I don't say that to be a jerk to Jalen Smith. He's always been a very nice guy, and he's got a great story. Like, everybody wants him to succeed, but you got to call it what it is. A guy making that much money trying – or doing his job, like that's not good enough for the money that's involved. It just is what it is. Yeah, when you look at it, I think the thing is on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball, you need it. You got to have a lot of players that do their job, right? But in order to be successful, you're going to have to have a few guys on both sides of the ball that can play above that, right? And if you don't have, like, if if Dak doesn't play above that, this team has no shot. 
if Zeke or or Amari don't play above that, this team has no shot. You can't just everybody can't just do their job because in this NFL, it, it playmakers are how you actually win games. You need those guys that are extraordinary. You've never seen a team with no extraordinary players win anything, right? So you gotta have some guys that do it. And so when you pay him that twelve million dollar a year contract. The expectation is you're paying him that because you expect him to be one of those players. Yeah. So this does not in any way mean that Jalen Smith is not doing his job. The The question is, is Jalen Smith doing the job he's being paid for? Not the job that you're just saying, well, this is his assignment. Right. He's being paid to be one of those extraordinary guys, and right now he's just not giving that to this team. Yeah, I mean, because you're right. I guess if, I... Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Sorry. I, I didn't even listen to what y'all told me to do. I'm sorry. I was just going to make the point that if all Dak Prescott was doing through one month of the season was doing his job, it would be the only thing that all of the talking head shows would be talking about, about whether or not he's trash, what the Cowboys are going to do next. Is he worth that kind of money? But he's, he's not. He's playing like a badass because that is what the franchise tag requires of him. And the same goes for for a lot of the other guys that are on big contracts. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I mean, it is what it is. Like, that goes with the territory of having a paycheck for $800,000 hit your bank account every Tuesday. Is that you are held to a very high standard, and the season's probably not going to be very fun for you if you don't live up to it. Yeah, because I I think that, that Derek, you guys are both making the same point about – you might be doing your job, but but you know what's what's asked of you. Like, are you really are you really doing worth the contract? Is is your contract should should you be having a different job? Think about Zach Martin. Is Zach Martin doing his job? Yeah. Is he is he he's meeting expectations? Is he above expectations? Not really, because our expectations of him is to be an All Pro. <laughs> so I don't think his agent's going to be calling the Cowboys saying I need to get a raise because he's. His, you know, he's meeting his expectations. So I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing to say he's doing his job because his job is to be the best guard in football, and he's doing it. Um, but what's Jalen Smith's job? Is it is it to be the captain, the leader of this defense? I think that's his job, and he's not doing that. So I, I don't. I don't think he really is. I don't think that it's fair for them to say he's doing his job. And really. And I'll ask I'll ask Dave and Amber this too because they 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 know the media people and are in Dallas and even national media. If Mike Nolan said, you know, Jalen Smith is is like like anybody on this defense, he could play better. He knows it. We've talked about it. He knows he could play better. He told me he could play better. So we we know that we we got to get him in a situation where he can do better. There you go. And, yeah. and do and you can say it that way. And therefore, then no one's saying, well, man, he's really throwing him under the bus. He's th- he, if Jalen knows he can play better, and everyone knows that, then let's it's our job to get him to play better. So then the question becomes, can he really play better? Because one thing I heard from and Jerry was talking on the fan this morning talking about Jalen, and the word that he used, I want to say it was. Heroic, or it—it it was more around the idea. Courageous. Courageous. That's what it was. Courageous. 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 That's how he defined his play. And again, all these words are painting the picture in my mind. Effort. Courageous. What they're saying to me, as just a personal person that's just listening to this, is Jalen is doing the very best he can with what's been presented to him and the condition that he's in. He's doing the very best. He's giving us everything he possibly has. He leaves every game with nothing left to give. 
then the question becomes, is that good enough? Enough. See, I don't yeah. think I don't think they believe that he's dogging it. I don't think they believe he's not playing up to his potential. I think they believe he's giving them everything he's got. And that's when I start to question, okay, well, if that's everything he's got, is that good enough? Because right now I can't see an appreciable difference between him at twelve million and Joe Thomas at one million. So it you know, how do you how do you rectify that? According to your your salary cap at the end of the day, <laughs> why are you laughing? That's a yeah. I don't, that, know. I mean, that's, I don't know who that, sings it. That, old eighty song, James Ingram. Maybe he's like, I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't, <laughs> wasn't good, good enough. enough yeah. yeah, I don't know who sings that. Is it, it might be James. Okay, Ingram. sorry, guys. Dave. I I mean, I've, I I I said it all off season. Like I think Jalen Smith, like he needs to be blitzing more. If you can try to use him as a rusher, like I think there is a role there. He needs to be moving toward the quarterback. Or and again, this is not really something that you can fix right now. At least I don't think so. Is like you need bigger, better defensive tackles that can keep blockers off of him because. Shedding blocks, in my opinion, is his biggest problem. Like, he cannot get a blocker off of him, and you wind up seeing him lunging at guys while a guard pushes him out of the way. If you can free him up to where all he's got to worry about is hitting the guy, I think he could probably be pretty good. But we just haven't seen that in a couple of years. And I think some of that is the play of the guys in front of him. But So, yeah, he's either got to get better at shedding blocks or they've got to get linemen who can keep those blockers from getting to them, one or the other. Yeah, that's a great point because I do also think that maybe some of that is about the fact that they expected Leighton Vanderesh to be playing the role of the middle linebacker and him to be playing weak side linebacker, which may have True. freed him up to do a little bit more of those things. And right now, again, going back to that, you know, he's, he's giving the best effort he possibly can and them saying he's playing courageously. Maybe that's about the fact that he's making the best of what he wasn't really supposed to be doing, right? And they're giving him a little bit of deference knowing that that wasn't what his role was supposed to be in this defense, but he's doing the very best he can do under those circumstances. And I can get with that. I understand that. There, you get things thrown at you. You got to adjust. You got to do your best. That's not the best fit for him, but that's what he has to do right now. So I can kind of understand that. Did you have something you were going to say, Amber? I, I, you know, I just see it as like the Cowboys are in this position. They knew this could happen. That's how I see it. You knew this could happen. You knew Sean Lee, what he struggles with every year. You knew the possibility of him not being able to participate in one way or another this season. Then you get Sean Lee out. Okay, that happened. You knew Leighton Vanderesh was dealing with a whole neck issue. That's always a possibility as well. Obviously, it happened again. He's out. You knew Jalen Smith, he, I mean, last year he had great moments, but at the same time, to me, based on what I can remember right now, he wasn't necessarily being the best that I think he could be. There were things that he was still lacking in as far as his, his game and his ability on the field. And yet you decide to go ahead and extend his contract. So uh, when you look at the group of linebackers, you you come down hoping that you can really rely everything on Jalen Smith, given the fact of all the other guys and their injuries and things like that. So you're in this situation, and, and if that's the best that he can do, 
then you should have known that. Like, this should not be a surprise. You should have known better. Uh, and, and you should not have been in this situation to begin with because you had time to kind of prepare and be aware of certain things. Yeah, you brought in uh, a few linebackers and... Th and it hasn't necessarily worked out the way you, you can't expect every single position to have a great depth and talent uh, but at the same time it's just like you this should not be a full surprise to anyone you know they they should have prepared better and know that this could have been a possibility of happening yeah i will say this i going into the season i thought this was going to be a position of strength for them because if you got joe thomas as your fourth best linebacker you feel really good about that but you make some great points there amber because all those top three guys had question marks coming in and although i think they all can be at their very best really really good linebackers i don't know that you could necessarily rely on either of the three of them and we've seen that kind of play out here it's very, and I know, I know we got to go, but you can take it back to the draft. It's, it's funny because, you know, they talked to Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. They talked to Patrick Queen from LSU, who's leading the league in ta uh, tackles among rookies right now, by the way. Um, and the, the thought process, and I'll, like, I'll own it, and I still feel fine about it. I said, I, got, I understand that that is something you need to look at, but between the four that you have – you got to hope that they can give you enough or that the coaches can help them give you enough because this team has too many other needs to be drafting a linebacker. And lo and behold, it's basically a worst-case scenario between not getting what you need from Jalen and not having Layton or Sean. Uh, and it, it makes you wonder what the future of that position looks like because I don't, I don't think you can afford to ignore it in 2021, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's interesting, Dave. I'll give you guys one more gut punch here before we end the show. You mentioned those young linebackers that they talked to. Right now, according to Pro Football Focus, which, again, we always put in context, but they are grading everybody on the same curve. Um, right now, Jalen is ranked somewhere in the 50s as far as linebackers in the NFL. Number one, Miles Jack. The guy that the Cowboys <laughs> opted to go with Jalen Smith over Miles Jack. So Why? take that for Why whatever you do that. <laughs> take Why that for whatever you, you want it to be. But <laughs> but that's that's the other gut punch right now. I think for a lot of Cowboys fans is is they're looking at that kind of stuff and they're looking at really what they thought Jalen could become and really what he was in 2018. And I think people are just feeling like there's 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 a lot missing from where they thought he was going after that 2018 season. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. We're going to have Bucky Brooks join us. We're going to start looking forward to the New York Giants. That should be an interesting week. Uh, Cowboys will take on the Giants this Sunday. Bucky will tell us about the Giants' offense versus the Dallas defense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!